0: Hello and welcome to The Punt, a new monthly show brought to you by the 42 and William Hill that looks ahead to the major Irish sporting events at home and abroad. Please gamble responsibly and for more information, visit dunlouis.net. I'm Gavin Casey and I'm joined today to discuss Ireland's Euro 2020 playoff against Slovakia by Gavin Cooney of the 42. Gav, how are things there? A bad, Gav. Cheers. Very good. And we're delighted to be joined as well by two very special guests, two guest panellists, David Snade. How are things, Dave? Morning, Gav. All good here. Hope things are well. Excellent. All good here as well. Thanks. And Johnny Ward, the man with the betting nose, who uh, will be making us money, I think, by the end of this show. Johnny, how are things with you?
1: Not so bad, Gav, yeah. Um, hoping for uh, some good news on the old lockdown and non-lockdown front in the next while. So uh, life goes on at the moment, isn't it?
0: Yeah, hopefully there will be sport being played in Bratislava still at that point. Whatever about back here, uh, we're going to chat about Dundalks qualification for the Europa League group stages as well, and what we can expect from them in the group stage. Uh, But to kick us off, Gav, might start with yourself. Uh, It's the playoff that kind of feels like it's taken an eternity to come around. We've been waiting for a long time. In other circumstances, we'd have had a different manager going into this one. So uh, it kind of plays into the craziness of the last six months that uh, here we are under Stephen Kenny trying to qualify for Euro 2020, which will take place in 2021. what kind of uh, what do you expect from Ireland in this game? Like when when we put uh, when we look at what what they did under Stephen Kenny in his first two games in charge, like how much of that sort of free spirited uh, passing play can we expect in a game of this magnitude where everything is on the line? Do you expect them to revert to type a little bit more, or will they continue with what we saw under Kenny in those first two games?
2: Well, if we're to believe Stephen, Kenny Gav, uh, we're going to play as they try to play in the nation's league games against Bulgaria and against Finland, because the difficult thing about this, like Kenny isn't given to pessimism or expectation management, but at the same time, he did say, if we were to qualify for the Euros through these playoffs, it would be an extraordinary achievement. And I actually don't think that that's him managing expectations ahead of time. I think he's being pretty realistic there. Like we'd have to win two away games in a row and we've won four away games competitive away games since the euros in 2016 before you know that was back before the entire world started going to pot and two of those were away to Moldova and Gibraltar so we have an absolutely wretched record away from home and we asked it we asked Kenny about this on Sunday and one of the reasons he said was well we were probably say he implied it that we were too reactive in these games that we have to be proactive and we have to go out and try to dominate possession so that's what he'll do that's in his makeup to do it I know you talk about reverting to type and that might be seen as the pragmatic thing to do but Kenny views keeping possession as the pragmatic thing to do so that's what we'll try and do uh, it's also what Slovakia will try and do like they're quite a possession-based team as Kenny describes them so it'll be two teams trying to do that trying to do pretty much the the same thing on on, on Thursday hmm.
0: and
2: like when I say reverting to type as well look Kenny's type is to do what they have
0: been doing in the last couple of games and probably to do it better. Obviously, they're only getting acclimatized to it. But Dave, from the player's perspective, perspective I suppose, when there is more on the line and there is a place at the Euros, um, up for grabs here, can you imagine them giving the same amount of buy-in that we saw in those first two games, which was like actually pretty steadfast? Even when it wasn't going especially well, they stuck to it. We saw Shane Duffy having struggles and so on. Um or could you kind of imagine them subconsciously reverting to their type, I suppose, or what they've been used to over the last couple of years if it's a case of Slovakia putting Ireland under pressure and uh, things getting a little bit hairy?
3: I think that could be the easiest thing in the world for some of the players to do, is especially if maybe confidence isn't the highest. Because I was like last, like, the two Nations League games, we kind of, in the first game away from home in Bulgaria, there was promising signs. There so was lots of possession. The second game, a home just wasn't quite as wasn't quite as promising. You're hoping that to see them to see them build on it, and there was moments in the goal in Bulgaria and even Finland as well where they were the midfield was just very easily cut through. I think the messaging like Gavin alluded to it there as well was like, just by saying it in terms of like the messaging from Stephen Kenny is going to be to keep to keep doing what they've been building towards already in terms of how he wants them to play. He's not going to accept lads taking the easy option and taking the easy way out and if a lack of confidence if they start the game well and can play themselves into it which I think they'll be able to do with all things like backyard are a type of team who are going to put Ireland under a huge amount of possession high up the pitch pressure high up the pitch and they'll allow Ireland to have the ball in areas where Ireland won't be able to do much damage it's going to be when Ireland try and break the lines would be the technical way of describing it when Ireland try to actually penetrate that's when you'll see Slovakia's maybe defensive defensive midfield and also just the defense kind of kick into gear and maybe kind of put under more under more pressure. So it's it's I think the fact that it's going to be played in an empty stadium we've seen it in a lot of the games so far. Like the 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 natural tempo to all the games, we've seen it even in mean, the Premier League, it's just not the same. Like it's gonna be I think it will be a little bit easier for Ireland to settle into this game unless they do something silly early on and find themselves Find themselves gone, gone down. It's just a case of, it's just a case of what midfield he settles on. Because obviously he played two big, different sets of players in midfield in the in the two nations league game. So it just depends on what 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 kind of formula he set settles upon and how those players settle into the game early. Because as you say, like there's so, there is so much riding on it, but you can't you can't go into it thinking or having that fear of being crippled with that fear of oh we'll be making mistakes. I don't think Kenny Moyen's players making mistakes so long as they're done almost in, their, in the right way for the right reasons. So I don't think he's going to be like instilling fear in the players saying, we, like, we can't do this, we can't do that. We have to keep it tight. Obviously, he'll be saying those things about the importance of being solid, but he's not going to be just saying, do it simple, don't make stupid mistakes. He's going to be encouraging his players to play how he wants them. And it's just whether just how we're settling into that pattern early on. Early on, because they did it very well in Sofia, not so well at home. So that's what's going to be interesting in the first, say, 10, 15 minutes of the game, is just how we're into it.
0: Mm, let's get into the midfield then, Johnny. Do you fear Ireland's midfield? I suppose we could look at that two ways, but like, uh, which, which kind of uh, a combination would you be opting for here based on what you've seen from Kenny's Ireland in those first two games, or maybe based on what you've seen of other players who didn't quite feature? I'm sure we'll get into Jack Byrne at some point, but um, w- which midfield would you pick? as
1: Whatever midfield you pick, it'll be it'll be flawed, it'll be limited, um, and it'll go into the game under a bit of a cloud, because Ireland's midfield hasn't played well, really, for a long, long time. Um, Dan Whelan is kind of out of the picture now. James McCarthy has come in, didn't play well in Bulgaria. Um, I still think they'll probably go with that three, Horahan, Hendrick and McCarthy. Presuming Jack Byrne isn't playing, I don't think he will be playing, um, set pieces are still probably our most likely route to a goal which is pretty sad but statistically that does look to be the case in which case horan will be absolutely vital from set pieces he's a smashing striker of the ball from um 25 yards in front of goal as we saw as well um you know at lands on road before so he's uh, he's i think he'll play Henrik will play and that then leaves the other option, which is probably going to be James McCarthy, who comes off the back of a hiding against Chelsea. Obviously, um, not his biggest fan to be honest, but at the moment, I think he's probably the, the likely player in that position. I've sympathy for Kenny because he had two games, very quick games, to kind of put his um, mo in place, and there were good signs. But obviously, I, you know, I thought the Finland game was disappointing. Um, but I would say, you know. Getting to the point, and Gavin was asked about this in terms of Gavin Cooney, was asked about the extraordinary achievement. I, I, I thought that was probably the most interesting line of his press conference because it's really manifestly nonsense. Ireland are going to play Slovakia at, at effectively behind closed doors. To me, it, it makes almost no difference that this game's in Slovakia versus the Aviva Stadium. Ireland probably played better against Bulgaria than they did against Finland. We tend to perform above expectations more away from home than we do at home. There are no fans there. And um, so Ireland have to beat Slovakia and then Bosnia or Northern Ireland behind closed doors. There's nothing extraordinary about winning two games like that with the help of possibly penalties. Do you know what I mean? So it's not, it's not extraordinary at all. And Slovakia are, are a team that are clearly there for the take looking at their group games. And, um, you know, they concede a lot of goals against Croatia What I've heard back from um, what they're expecting in terms of Slovakia is that they'll have a lot of the ball, but they are there to be exploited defensively. Um, Ireland will go over there thinking they've roughly a 50-50 chance. If they win that, they'll be thinking they've a very strong chance of beating Bosnia or Northern Ireland. So there's nothing extraordinary at all about the challenge ahead of us, um, and against that, I couldn't say I'm confident because there there hasn't been enough in this Ireland team for a long time. I mean, we don't really beat good teams, full stop. We managed to beat Austria away under Martin O'Neill's reign. We beat Germany at home, but these games are outliers as well. And if you, I'm sure, if the XG were consulted, we shouldn't be winning at the Germany game at home. But. Um, I don't know, to be honest. It's it's whatever whatever team we put out, you, you can pick holes in it. And Stephen Kenny is going to need an awful lot longer than two games to inculcate his belief in a and system in a set of players that have basically been diffident for a long time, to my mind.
2: And just to build on what Johnny's saying there about the preparation time, Gav, like there's a farcical lack of preparation time for this game because we've had the two games in the last window, but. He's essentially got one more training session because uh, 11 of the squad were playing league games on Sunday. So they land Sunday night, Monday morning. and They don't train the day after playing a league game. So there's really a training session Tuesday, but they fly out to Bratislava that day. They can't do a whole lot the night of the match and then uh, kick off on Thursday night. So for that reason, I think you'll see like the team selection will be pretty similar to what we saw in the Nations League games at the start of September, and I think the midfield spots are probably the most interesting because that's what he rotated between the two games. But what we saw six different midfielders play, so I think it'll be three from those six, assuming that Harry Archer is fit, which isn't uh, which isn't a definite at this at this stage. Which three um, of those six
0: would you select? Or sorry, Dave, go for it.
3: No, I was gonna, I was going to just make the point. Obviously, the midfield, but I think what what could be have a major impact is David McGolder coming in for Radamida. So they like got him made. It was impressive. I know we're jumping here from midfield forward, but that's going to also be a big. That'll be a, just a big aspect in terms of as well as Ed did with holding the ball up at certain moments and then le- and laying things off and keeping certain uh, attacks flowing. McGoldrick is obviously a much more experienced player. He's a much more. I think he's a di- he's a different player. He's more about in terms of being able to have that link between the midfield and the forwards. And why that's important is he could of made this point over the weekend, but. It's so important that the midfield that Kenny chooses are able to get those passes into McGoldrick's feet. Kenny has spoken about this in terms of the supporting tree and that, that one, the, the, the fulcrum in the middle of that, that attacking tree, that's why McGoldrick is going to be so important because he can he has the capability to obviously drop off and link that play so well and then create more attacks with, say, if you've got an Aaron Connolly or on the, on the left-hand side, waiting to see who will be on the right, where well, obviously Tom O'Dell would unlikely to, but not, not going to feature. So, like, that's going to be just as important, and that's going to, that's why I think the midfield even has more of an on an now, is to be able to get those passes in, and to not, as you said at the, at the very start, revert to type, and he, they have to constantly look for him, because McGoldrick has this, it's, It is a kind of, can be a bit of a frustrating, frustrating habit, where he actually drops too deep when the passes aren't coming into him, because he just wants to get the ball. So, if midfielders, like I say, James McCarthy, is only playing sideways passes or four and six yard passes ahead of them, you're going to have a situation where the goal is going to be getting frustrated and dropping deep. So that's where the, the honest would be on those lads the likes of it, if, if it's, say, Jeff Hendrick or Conor Herdahan who be more likely is to fizz those balls in because the higher up the pitch the is then the less pressure is going to be because that means then the whole team can then be condense because I don't think they would be too much of a threat in terms of in behind. So, obviously other than Connolly so I think that having that for, for a forward like McGoldrick coming in which will probably replace Ida as well as he did for his kind of his international debut that's going to put even much, so much more pressure on 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 the midfield and McCarthy said he's not going to ask McCarthy days it's like yeah Stephen Kenny said he's not going to be uh, he's not going to be overly cautious but that will tell that will tell in his selection it, it'd be a huge call to Someone like Jack Bourne in, but if you are honestly looking at that midfield group of midfielders, and Jack Bourne is obviously playing for Sean McGrover, so he's not at a higher level as the other fellas around him on a weekly basis. But if you're looking at midfielders who are capable of getting on the ball and always wanting to be progressive and take risks with forward passes, because there's no harm risks with forward passes, there isn't. If you lose it, you're losing a forward of the pitches for when like Jack Bourne is someone who has better qualities than lads who are playing in the Premier League in terms of that thought process. It's just whether or not Stephen Kenny will will, will throw him in. Like what, he was at I was, he was sitting with a few roads and company at the AC Milan game in the Europa League. And obviously at times like Jack Brown barely got sometimes he did get a kick just because the midfield was being overrun with AC Milan. They were obviously able to play around him. But there was times when Roberts did have the ball, Jack Bourne in those little moments did create stuff. He created a great chance trans, chance for Aaron Green. He kept the ball move him when he did have it he very rarely did actually give it away or look as if he was like not capable of, of of mixing it It was just the lads around him so like it'd be a wild way it would be a, a wild card call to, to throw him in considering he wasn't even included in the nation's league squads but I don't think someone like him can be totally discounted in, the, in that midfield if you're going to get the most out of someone like David McGoldrick who can properly have Ireland playing football.
0: Surely, Johnny, if anybody could recognize those qualities that Byrne brings to the table that even a Premier League midfielder might not, it would be Stephen Kenny. Like I feel as though we're, we've been on this road before so many times. There's always a sort of a maverick, well, we almost perceive them to be maverick, creative player because it, it's so at odds with what Ireland do, generally speaking, and they get left out for games, whether it was Wes, Andy Reid before him. Byrne, I, I'm not sure Burn is quite in that in that bracket yet in that there's not quite a, so much of a public clamor for his inclusion, but it just does feel as though if he was a better midfielder overall, I guess, than some of the guys that have been starting for Ireland in midfield, then he'd be starting because Stephen Kenny isn't averse to including a League of Ireland player in, in his squad, I'm sure. You know, like there's absolutely no reason for him to be. He, he's actually the antithesis, antithesis of that. So... What am I missing about Bernier? Or what? What like? Why isn't he? I guess uh, starting in that midfield. Presuming he doesn't, because uh, we don't think he will.
1: No, I don't think he will. It, it, I suppose if if you watch the second goal, Sean grover has got the other night, Jack Burns pass for Graham Burke, and um, I'll, I'll defy anyone who tells me that wasn't world class on the level of the pass, and also the touch from Graham Burke, um, the problem is they were playing Sligo Rovers. And if you put Graham Burke into the Shamrock Rovers AC Milan game, Graham Burke was completely out of his depth in terms of his ability to get around the pitch and basically do stuff off the ball. That's a problem for Jack as well. Um, Jack doesn't really have that sort of athleticism and pace Um that would make him an even better player than he is and i'm not and i still think he's like in terms of technical ability i think he's pretty much world-class some of the stuff he can do on the ball um but he's very unproven at this level you know his, his time for ireland was a couple of games one was better than the other the bulgaria game was quite good and he, he's very good on the ball um but i think it's it's probably as much as i'm a big fan i think it's probably a bit of a gamble bringing him in a game like this i wouldn't be amazed if he came off the bench at some stage because um his, his corner kick delivery to me is as good as you'll see anywhere. He's absolutely brilliant from corner kicks and uh, set pieces in general, he would be a big player. And if we did need to possibly unlock the Slovaks defense, um, you, you know, the those who argue that Jack should be playing, the, the easy argument they would make is, well, what what are the likes of Hendrik and Horahan actually doing for Ireland? You know, and I would argue that they've been basically disappointing. You know, Horahan... Um, doesn't get on the ball enough. And this is probably an issue with him at Villa as well. Hendrik just has, has been very disappointed since for, for two or three years for Ireland now. So Jack has a case. Um, it's just... I, I don't think... Ken, like As much as we can talk about this or that, basically what matters for Kenny here is getting through the game. It doesn't matter how we play. It's, it, it's getting to the Euros. And his philosophy is one thing, but Dundalk were quite pragmatic in some of their European games when they needed to be as well. Um, so I think Jack... Will, will possibly play some role. I don't see him starting. And I do think as much as uh, I love him as a player, I think he's a great personality as well to have around. I think in terms of working off the ball, um, there will probably be better options in that midfield. And I think Kenny will go with the tried and trusted. So I don't I don't really see him playing um, as much as I think if he came on, he'd do something.
0: Gav, what's your midfield for the game? If you're in Stephen Kenny's shoes, and based on what you've seen in those first two games of Kenny's tenure, which of the three... Midfielders, do you pick out of that six out of Fiji?
2: I'm getting nostalgic for 2016, but I'd go with the Euros trio of McCarthy, Hendrick and Brady. Assuming now, Brady hasn't been fully fit. You know, he got it, he sustained some genre of rib injury against Finland, played, a, I think, a game and a half maybe for Burnley, and then was an unused sub in the game against Newcastle on Saturday. But I think he'll play there. Kenny has always talked about wanting a left footer in that midfield three. So it's usually you know, Harahan and Brady have been the left footed players that have started there so far. So I do think he'll go for either of those. Um, Harahan is less convincing on the ball. And I don't think he offers enough offers uh, to earn his place out of Brady. I think he lacks athleticism at times. You saw that in the goal that we, the awful goal that we conceded again uh, in Bulgaria. He's, He's too, he was too slow to react and too slow to, to track back. So I think Brady, you could see like, like, there's been so little preparation time in the training area. And I think Kenny has to be somewhat consistent with his team selection from the nation's league games to try and build some kind of cohesion and rhythm just for, you know, for his own sake, as much as anything else. And you could see that what they were trying to do was with Brady, you know, Doherty would push way further up on the right flank than end Stevens. It's almost like tilting the pitch. So that gives a left footer like Brady just more angles for passes in that little pocket of space that he'll have on the left in the midfield three. So you can go, you know, inside to Connolly between the their opposition right back and the center back. You can go out wide to Stevens, like McGoldrick can drop off. You've just more angles for passes that way. And I think Ireland need more creativity in midfield. And I think Brady will probably get the nod in that respect, assuming he's fit and raring to go over Harahan, and I think I would I would go for that as well. I sadly would be... I'd be surprised if Byrne makes the squad. I hope he does. I think, like Johnny said, he's worth for his set-piece delivery alone. Like, since we we mentioned that Austria game, like, the only player that scored more than one competitive goal for Ireland since then is Shane Duffy. Like, so that remains our best hope of scoring a goal against these guys. And Byrne's delivery is as good, if not better, than anyone else's in the squad. So you'd have him around for that. I mean, he you might think he's one of the reasons Mick McCarthy didn't pick Byrne for competitive games, he was always moaning that when he sees Byrne for Shamrock Rovers, he's dropping too deep, you know, he's almost dropping into, you know, a sixth position taking the ball off the centre-halves and advancing up the field with that he doesn't want that for Byrne because he won't get that space in international football, so maybe that's part of Kenny's thinking on Byrne, I don't know, I think the fact that he's right-footed mightn't help him either, so I'd be surprised Byrne um, made the squad, I hope he does, and I think if I were Stephen Kenny, I'd be starting Brady over However. Dave,
0: hey, what about your midfield three? Uh, would you go along with Gavs there, or would you make any amendments to it?
3: Uh, do you know what? Like ideally, it'd be a midfield of someone like I don't know, Like Kane, Mark, Kinslet, and Matt Holland. Mm. <laughs> um, no, like, like it's we having it's it's mad. We have these conversations all the time, and Johnny touched on it. We we are extremely limited with the the caliber, caliber of players we have. So we have Jeff Hendrick, who's playing in the Premier League. For Newcastle because he was a free transfer and Burnley messed up there. Like he is a solid Premier League player who is very t- tends to be very limited. But then he scores that great goal for Newcastle on his debut. And then everyone talks about what he did at the Euros and can, can he get that? But that seems to have been actually not his regular kind of standard. Those performances are not where he gets to on a on a consistent basis. If Kenny is able to work on him and get more out of Hendrick then you could see someone like who, who is more of a player and you do need like Kenny has spoken about this I remember I think it was like his first proper kind of press conference as the early manager on his own call at start of lockdown and he was asked about what he says is for, for midfield and he went off and gave like, a nine minute answer it was like a soliloquy of love towards midfielders and what he wants from his from his midfielders and he as much as he he, he says yeah obviously players have to be able to go on the half turn and pass the past but he said that very flippantly but like there's other players who can't do that like there's other players who actually aren't capable of well they should be capable of it but maybe in an Ireland jersey something just happens to them where they just become over, over with, by fear but he more so what he sees for his midfield especially when he's matching team say 4-3-3 which would probably be the case here against the who play the same formation because he wants he his his tender was fluidity of movement in terms of from his mid from his midfield. So players like Jeff Hendrick would then and obviously you say someone like Robbie Brady would have the benefit of that over Helhan because they are just more mobile and also just having that ability to kind of maybe different kind of sets of interplay and, and switching around on positions a little bit and allowing that space for he was talking about the fullbacks then pushing the boy. So that's another aspect of. We really haven't seen obviously Matt Daugherty's gonna play there week back just the whole James Coleman thing has been taken out of the equation. But also we, we he needs to try and get, get even a bit more from Enda Stevens in that attacking sense because the two the two full, and the bow backs, there's sort there is still much more to come from them. Um but in terms of that midfield, I do think I think I was right as well. I, I, I can see it being say say maybe a James McCarthy in there, Jeff Hendrick and maybe a Robbie Brady, if Brady is fit enough to, to actually feature. I think it'd be a tight call as much when I was saying that about, about Jack Bourne earlier, like again, realistically, I don't I don't see him starting just because on a week to week level, on a week to week level, he's just he's not he's not having the same he's not having the same demands put on, on him as the other players. That's just the nature of it. So as much as I do think he is technically a, a better footballer than some of the, the players who are in that squad, these lads are operating weekly on a higher level. So yeah, it was good to see him that ACL land game radically look decent. But like we've seen him linked this morning to move to Bournemouth or Stoke City. He does, and it's as much as we would all have a graph for it for the League of Ireland, you can't get away from the fact that the League of Ireland is not a proper basis to be based on some a midfielder for an international team on, on a weekly basis because the week the weekly challenges just, just aren't there. So as much as we see him do great things in terms of passing. If he's able to build on that, which hopefully if he has the ability to technically, the it, it's just about kicking on mentally as much as that in terms of his in his career, and then we could see Jack Bourne featuring in the in these debates a lot more, a lot more promisingly in the sense of if, if he's going to play because it is a, we talk about when Stephen Kenny came in, it's almost like this great culture war now in Irish football about the the, the future of it. What's going to what what is the future, but in this instance, this is a European semi-final to, to get into a final, so you have to kind of, there is an element too where you have to, as what Gav said, which is actually a very good point too, I don't mean to be surprised that make, that Gav made such a good point, but <laughs> he, he, does need to, he does need to kind of show, not just like rip things up again, he does need to have that kind of a little bit of consistency in terms of selection just so you're building on things because there's such, again, Gav made another very good point, there's such a lack of preparation point in terms of on the training pitch that the last thing he needs to do is actually overhaul things because that's just that could just lead to disaster, and then God knows what could come down the line. Because there was already after the Finland game, there was already Mormonians in the press box, sniping in the press box from people who just are dying, literally waiting, waiting for Kenny to make a mess of things. It's like it's, it's mad to see it. It's actually mad to see your clubs. the mentality of some people, but that's what's coming down the line from uh, hopefully he's not. Hopefully Stephen Kenny isn't kind of thinking of that in terms of oh if we do this, I'm gonna be slaughtered or wherever, but he he is a man of principles and hopefully the courage of those convictions will eventually will eventually shine through, but it's yeah, it's I don't know, it's just this midfield. It's just it is a it is a big problem unless Kenny can somehow work on them man in the space of a day give give him confidence or give him some extra belief to to be more than some the of their parts because it's it's gonna be a, it's gonna just be a very tight game because Slovakia are ranked 26th or the 27th, so it should be a very even game it shouldn't be a game where, where they're totally outclassed and I don't think it will be it's just whether or not they're actually cap- capable of putting in a performance that is good enough to kind of get past a team like Slovakia who are even though it's behind closed doors but they are still at home and they are slight favourites
0: at hey, the risk of ripping a hole in the space-time continuum. Can I ask you about the culture war briefly? I know we're we're, we're trying to talk about the actual football, but I, I think it'd be uh, negligent of me to not ask you to kind of elaborate on your your interpretation of that, it, what you've just, seen in the press box and and so on. Where does it come from? What, what from what place in a person does this come from?
3: I don't know. Like it's just like if Ireland, like this this game against Slovakia is a sort of game Ireland would. Could easily lose one 0 by playing the exact same way they played for the last twenty years, or they could lose one 0 by trying to actually play differently. It's just what you want from your team. Like Ireland has made this point as well as like people are saying like one well, like one of the one of the comments one like one of the comments was like so much for the revolution after Stephen Kenny's second game, and you're kind of thinking like cop yourselves on here because like what. Is this come person in. a
1: sports journalist, a soccer journalist? Or does he, have, does, he have, does he or she have any understanding of how this works? Well, it's,
3: someone who, it's someone who was in the press box, you know, so you can make up your own, your, your own conclusions. But it's like, my thinking on it would be, obviously you have to win football matches. That's clear. That's obvious. How often have Ireland done that over the last 20 years? You know what I mean? Like, it's not as if Stephen Kenny is coming in and doing a Brian Clough, or doing a Brian Clough going at the legion United and saying, wait, lads, throw your medals in the in the bin here. Like, what? Like, Ireland have have achieved sporadic results, like the Germany game. Yeah, that was great. Then you go to the Euros, but then, like, it's a pretty much one off. You go to Euro twenty twelve, just get destroyed in three games. Before that, you go to the two thousand two World Cup. You've nothing in between that. So, like, Stephen Kenny isn't coming in and ripping up this grand master plan of Irish football, and that's been working for the last twenty odd years. Like, he's coming in and you start thinking, "Oh, this needs this needs a bit of a change here. This needs something a different way, a different way of thinking." They'll probably still lead to the same same conclusions down the line. Maybe I don't think it's anyone. It's mad. I don't think anyone expects Ireland to win every game and qualify for every tournament. Like you'd be delusional to, to be thinking like that. But I think it's fair to ex. To, it's fair to expect. Well, actually, hold on. You're, you've got Premier League players. You've got Championship players. Some Championship players, but not as much as not as many as there there have been previously. The Championship is still a very competitive league. Well, but you've got Premier League players there. I think it's fair to actually say. Well. We need to get more from them. We can't just be thinking of the all-skill thinking of oh, we make it, we keep it tight, blah blah blah. There needs to be more. There needs to be a bit more of a plan, rather than just paying a few million quid to a big-name manager who's coming towards the end of his career, or another manager who can't get a club job because, like, it's just it's been just been so frustrating over the last while, thinking that like it's some of the some of the commentary around it is almost as if like Stephen Kenny is like tight, is going to be like. Destroying Irish football, i are mean, sort of thinking like it's been broken for it's been broken for years. You know what I mean? From ev- nearly every facet of it, needs some sort of overhaul because for everything from say schoolboy football all the way through has just been broken. And like Stephen Kenny isn't going to be able to do all that himself. If he can, if he can prove and he can show that he's ca- there's Irish players that are capable of actually playing football at a different way and having a bit more belief in themselves and a bit more confidence. Hopefully, it has a bit of a trickle down effect, but. Over overall, there just needs to be just major changes, and that's that's not going to obviously happen. To that's not going to happen this weekend in, in in Slovakia. But little things like being actually capable of going to this, going to a Slovakia, and not not bending over and saying we right, just hopefully like do your worst. I mean, go there and give them give them problems. Like Ireland haven't gone to it, haven't gone to play against teams and looked to actually cause teams problems. They're being so reactive. Like some of the games you go to. And it's just horrible to sit through. Because you, you you do feel a lot of these lads are playing in the Premier League. Why why is it like this? Why is the ment is the mentality like this? And like you just hope for the future. You just hope for the future in terms of what what Stephen Kenny can do. That he can just inject that little bit more belief into it, into a group of players. I think there's players there now who actually will fall in line with him. I don't think they're gonna have the same same questions that you see like stuff that comes out with the likes of Jason McIntyre and Ian Hart having a go and stuff like you just don't you just need to ignore people like that now for the time being they have their they have their biases they have their kind of they're in, in certain camps but they're not important to Irish football anymore the people who are important to Irish football are the likes of Damien Duff Keith Andrews Stephen Kenny, obviously behind that in 21s you've got John Trajan Crawford and stuff even below that so that's what's important now it's not listening to so much of the outside noise it's, it's trying to put a plan in place to bring things forward because I think there's so much more that can be can be got out of our football.
0: There's more that that can be gotten out of our fullbacks as well, Johnny. I think uh, Dave alluded to it earlier, or it might have been actually yourself, Gav, with all of your good points. But Andy uh, Stevens in particular. It first couple of games there under Kenny, he just looked very static. Like it's like he, he couldn't be released in any way. You know, he was just taking the ball static, kind of passing it backwards, and wasn't in any way freed up. And obviously, the Derby conundrum, if you want to call it that, has been fairly well fleshed out at this stage. It might be a formation issue. It might be that his form uh, isn't quite what it was last season as he acclimatizes at a new club. But he will be playing in the position now that, that Coleman has ruled out. So, what what do you make of that fullback situation for Ireland, and how do we get more out of it?
1: Yeah, Indy Stevens wasn't great. Now I have to say in the in, in the games since he came in, and um, I thought defensively he was pretty ropey against uh, Bulgaria. And it's a major culture shock for the two fullbacks. Not so much starting because he hasn't really been playing for Ireland, but. They basic we basically played with four fullbacks for a lot of our last twenty years, you know, and they've had so much cover, and this is different now. They're they're. Basically, you're playing a different system where you're you have three midfielders and two wide players who are essentially kind of strikers for much of the game. So you, they're not gonna necessarily give the lads as much cover. So it's it's a lot tougher for the fullbacks. And um, Sheffield United haven't made a great start season, haven't haven't seen them play to be honest. Um obviously McGoldrick scored, but you know, it's it's gonna be a tougher season for them, it's gonna be a tougher season for Stevens. Um Darty, it, it's it's difficult for him because we don't we're, we're only speculating as to who plays on the right. Whoever it is, Darty isn't going to know him very well. You've a you've a three three midfielders who themselves still mentally aren't in the right place to be sort of demanding the ball from the fullbacks. Um, but if you're looking at if you're looking at I expect Conley to play in the left. If you're looking at Connolly to play on the left, he could dovetail very well with Stevens. It's just if, if we have Stevens making these runs to support Connolly, we need our midfielders to be able to say and our centre backs to be able to say we have this covered if this breaks down, and um, because that's that's going to be an issue. If Ireland when Ireland lose the ball, and this is one of the big things with Mick McCarthy, it was like if we lose possession. We we'll have it fairly stacked in our favour that we limit the damage if we do with Kenny you could see in the two games if we lose possession our midfield can suddenly be as open as the Red Sea so the the fullbacks have an important role to play and I, I would be I would be agree with you Gavin I don't uh, you know I I've massive faith in Doherty I think he's he's a top player and you know maybe not brilliant defensively and Stevens himself is probably not the best defender in the world at times as well. But I, I have slight concerns about Steven's form uh, so far and the fact that they have a culture shock with this system because they don't have James McLean coming back a, as an auxiliary left half or whatever you want to call him. They don't have the guy in the right coming back and helping Doherty. Um, they don't have Seamus Coleman, who's better defensively. So it is, it is for me, it's an area that we should, probably hasn't been given an awful lot of attention, particularly Steven's uh, performance in the first couple of games, Give the ball away a lot as well.
0: Yeah, it's interesting. Like the perception of a yeah, gap between Coleman and Darty would be that Darty is a better attacker. He scored lots of goals, obviously, in the Premier League. And yet, based on what we've seen of them, both of them so far in the Premier League this season, I think Seamus Coleman is is on current form actually a better attacker as well. I'm not sure what D'Arty really offers this Ireland team at the moment. And like it could change in the space of the game. But um, um had there been a fit Seamus Coleman for Stephen Kenny to contend with. Do you think he would have reversed that big call to drop his captain when he took oh. the reins? Could you could you see him go for Coleman over Darty on fourth?
2: Yeah, no. I think he was probably going to pick Darty, to be honest. Um, and stick with the call. Like he Kenny had made his mind up about that Darty Coleman uh decision a long time ago, as in at least at the beginning of this year, he was always gonna start Darty over Coleman. Um and Coleman's had a great season, a great start of the season, but you know, I think it is easier to look good uh, going forward when Hamas Rodriguez is in front of you rather than, you know, who, who's um, who's Dardy been playing in front of in a quite unfamiliar role in an unfamiliar team. Um, the thing about the fullbacks, like Dardy and Stevens, are like are two, if you were to judge them on club form are two of our best players, but we are asking them to do completely different roles in the international team than what they do in their club team. Like Dardy was interesting talking about this last week. He was talking about adapting to go into a back four rather than playing as a wingback. And he said, yeah, I've had absolutely loads to learn. It's just in terms of positioning, especially when he's when they're without the ball. You know, he made the, it, it seemed pretty obvious, but I guess it has to be learned. It's like there's just much less cover, and like most of Ireland's, the two Ireland goals that Ireland have conceded under Kenny so far, there's massive amounts of space between Duffy, the right center, right center half, and Darty. On that you know, point,
1: uh, Gavin, like, watch it. it's so true. Like, so say if you're playing wing back. You make this marauding run. You have three centre backs who may well have to deal with one striker, right? So the the left and right side basically they can fairly willingly cover. And now you have two lads who play wing backs coming into what's itself a kind of a dysfunctional team anyway. And now they're playing full backs
2: without the cover of the midfielder ahead of them. And like we we've talked about the team, we haven't really talked about the system yet. I don't think he'll change from the four three three. But like you look at a three five two formation, and every time I look at him, like that solves most of our problems. You know, it gets darty and Stevens back at wing back. You could play Coleman if he was fit. You get more people in midfield around McCarthy. Connolly could play for centrally. You know, D- McGoldrick plays that system in his, his club. But I and Kenny, like he says, he's open to everything. He could change the system, but I really don't think he, I think he'll probably stick with the, the old 4-3-3 this week. Just to go back to what I was saying earlier, it's just, you know, it allows him to build on something, you know, it, le- it allows the September games to stand for something if he sticks with that formation this time around but i wonder i just wonder how much thought he's given to change in that system and maybe he'll do it in the in the games to follow but uh, probably not for slovakia
0: yeah dave how much elasticity is there in kenny do you think like he is a fairly headstrong guy he's impervious to outside noise or so he says but he also as god mentions claims to be open to change of formation, it might not be the game to do it, in fairness. But is that possibly where Ireland's future lies? And also, how applicable is that system to Kenny? Like, how used to it would he be, or how would he be able
3: to yeah, uh, go about yeah. using it? Like when, when he was, if you look at it, when he was the dark manager, he kind of, he wasn't really one for, for tinkering. He would have played, same eleven like quite regu- quite regularly. Now, obviously, we've seen it. international football, you have, to, you have to be willing to, obviously, you're going to have to, because just because of nature, we're interesting, we're, we're calm, and there's so much that is out of your command in the sense of, like, players that are playing for their club, if they're not, that obviously is a factor. Well, Gab is right, like, it's, you look at, like, three five two would be something that just makes sense. It's not as if it's some, it's a random call thinking, right, look, this hasn't worked, this hasn't worked, this hasn't worked, oh, we'll, I'll try this. Like, three five two is something that, looking at it, would, be would, would make would make sense but again it's also he hasn't he hasn't tried it yet he's probably he will stick with what he's gone with so far and just to kind of give that that sense of just kind of I don't know just not feeling if he's ripping it up again you know what I mean like I don't think because he', he is still only a couple he is still only a couple of games in but like and also I think, even from the point of view of the the relationship so far between duffy and egan like it hasn't hasn't been great you know, like they do look as if that's going to be the partnership, but they're still, you know, like there's talk about the two of them being in contact and stuff, just working on different things, but that can only really be done on a on a training pitch and, and stuff. So like that's a partnership that at the moment doesn't look too too steady, even though they're two very two, two very good defenders. Um I think it'll just be it'll be seen down just down the line. If Kenny decides to keep... the two formations that he seems to favour are the four three three and also 2 maybe four two three one that could also maybe work. But even that point that Gav made about, about Connolly from a central position. Like he played what he obviously played was wide so far. But like when you play for Brighton and the games have seen him in he has done the most damage central like in a in a central position. And obviously you can drift out drift out wide. He is someone who Ireland we talk about kind of obviously before about kind of set pieces being the best way of of, of, of scoring goals but that's we haven't had someone like Conley for a while who has that just blistering pace who, who can get in behind and just also is a very good finisher too although um, there was a couple of moments in the in Bulgaria where maybe he, he didn't show that so but I think the fact is there are options I mean you're an international manager you have to be a open you have to be open to try different things when so much can be out of your control in the sense of if players come in injured you know you're kind of a lot, so much of it is is it is it with your hands, but I do think he'll go to four three three in uh, in Bratislava. I don't think he's gonna rip things up and and try and try something different.
0: Gab, what do we know about the slow And by like we, I of course mean you. Uh, you've put in the hard yards there
2: researching them. Like, are they
0: decent shakes? Good shakes? Great shakes? Where are
2: <laughs> they in the shake stakes? I would assume no great shakes in the shake stakes. Uh, they're decent. Like like Kenny was saying on Sunday, they're gonna be a pretty possession-based team. Like I mean, I read there's a now I say I'd put the hard yards. Stephen Finn on Twitter really put the hardy yards because he's got a good blog on on uh, opposition analysis in Slovakia. But only 14 sides across all of your UEFA's fifty five nations passed the ball more than Slovakia did in the group stages, although and the qualifiers. But at times it was pretty sterile. You know they didn't they weren't often passing the ball. They didn't pass the ball forward as much as I would imagine a manager who wants their team to pass that off and does um they're pretty I think they're kind of vulnerable like they're obviously missing Martin Dubravka the Newcastle keeper so a, a guy that's Fulham's subkeeper will probably play for him they're missing their left back uh, which isn't ideal so they've drafted in they'll probably play a guy whose name I've now forgotten but plays uh, domestically in Slovakia so uh, he can't be hopefully he can't be up to much and also, uh, they may have a very serious issue in midfield uh, because Stanislav Lobotka, uh Well, without there, they'd be kind of lobotomized because he's their main. Oh,
1: I like that pivot. I know that.
2: <laughs> so guess, Wait guess forty what... minutes for that. <laughs> huh? End the the Zoom call. Uh, he, he's their uh, he's their main pivot in midfield. Like he's their version of James McCarthy for want of a much better comparison. So he he drops off. He'll take the ball off the central defenders, and and you know break lines with passes to Hamchik and co further ahead of him. But he's at Napoli and they're all quarantined under the threat with suspected COVID cases. Like they didn't turn up for their gaming against Juventus last weekend. So Marek Hamchik is back with the squad because he missed the last internationals through quarantine. But if they're missing Labotka that's a that's a massive blow for Slovakia. And that, you know, hopefully he's all right, etc. But it would be good news for Ireland.
3: And that's that's what Kenny like Stephen Kenny did spoke about him last week just as of how important he is like, he keep his ass to the Hamzik. And then he's turned the question around and brought up, brought up a bucket in terms of, like, as, as Gav said there, he's, he's the fellow who things pretty much go through. And he's not just type, he'll get a ball off the center halves and then pass it to the fullback, which he obviously can still do. He's, he can be patient. He's the type of fella Kenny was talking about how he breaks forward. Like as this centre midfielder, he go, he trying, he tries to drive forward. So if he, if he's not there and just even looking through some of the Slovakian press um, with the help of Google Translate, which, uh, which is quite fun, like, uh like they're they're really worried about this. Like genuinely, they're really concerned. Saying he's not there, this is a law. You know, like this for them, they're saying this is their the game of the year for them. Which I suppose in twenty twenty is saying a lot. But like, um, <laughs> like, like, what really is he? He really is someone for them who they they look at. We like keep, and obviously wouldn't exactly, now a a huge amount of uh, about them both. For them, he is sort of like a figure who, well, uh, he's not in the team. Just, again, going off what I've been reading about, uh, they really worry of, of it kind of disrupts the flow of, of, of what they're about. And, like, Hamzik, he's been playing in China. He's obviously got great calibre in terms players and, like, he's their record goal scorer and all the rest of it. But he's he's not at the same level as he was, you know? So, like, you've also got the lad uh, Kuka as well who's with Carmel. He, 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 like, you've got Hamzik who's was, like, 33 and Kuka who's was 33 as well. So, being ageist here, like they're, you, you kind of think, well, it's just a team who can be got at in midfield. This is a team who needs to be up against lads who are going to properly put it up to them, as well as like, physically, as well as kind of just in terms of athleticism. But it's, uh, yeah, it's. I think if Labak, it doesn't look as if he's going to play. Like, they, like they're trying to get him out. There seems to be a lot of work going on behind the scenes there between Slovakian FA and and uh, and that people it doesn't look as if he's actually going to feature, which could again hand the initiative to the room.
0: Yeah, they sound
3: like Ireland, but with even more problems, to be honest. Where,
0: where's the value for money here, Johnny, looking at it from a betting point of view? Um, and I guess we can get into predictions before we start talking about Dundalk, but where would you be putting your money, or where will you be putting your money, Johnny?
1: It's tricky, you know. The, I'm still I'm still kind of slightly up in the air about behind closed doors. I, I, I was reading this morning a piece, I think, in The Guardian where, you know, these academics looked into it, and there hasn't been a massive change in results, but like, Anecdotally, even in the League of Ireland, the last two first division rounds of games, there have been 10, 10 games, 10 away wins. And, uh, you know, I just, I, just, I just see it as a major plus that a team that to me still lacks confidence in many ways, players playing within themselves, just they've, they've been beaten down by the way they've been asked to play to, to a large extent for years. Um, And I think Ireland will go in there without that factor. I think that's a big thing. If this game were in the Viva Stadium, to me, it wouldn't make Ireland much, much more in terms of favourites or or, or their prices. They're 2-1 to to win the game. Um, Slovakia are favourites at just over 64, 31-20. to Two bets for me. um, One of them is really harping back to the past, but I think it's still realistic. Uh, I I think both teams to score at even money. um, Basically, if one team goes ahead... The other team will have to go all out to score at some stage, and uh, I don't trust us defensively at all at the moment. I thought we were very, very poor in both games, actually. To be honest, I thought Duffy was miles off at defensively, as he pretty much admitted himself, despite the fact he ended up scoring. Um, so I think even money both teams to score, I'd, I'd uh, fancy us to nick one as well, definitely. I uh, think you know, the fact McGoldrick scored at the weekend, considering how poor his scoring record is, and the fact Connolly. You know, is in good form for Brighton pretty much. Set up a goal the weekend, albeit a bad mistake. My other one, I mean, this I've really I've gone out in on, on an absolute limb here, but nine to one, Shane Duffy to score the first or last goal. I mean, just look at the Bulgaria game. We he must have had three or four like good or very good chances from set pieces. Um he's he's clearly a target. As much as you know, even if you did as much opposition analysis as Gavin Cooney did it still wouldn't take you that long to figure out that Duffy's a threat from set pieces. He's basically our biggest threat. Now, I think we we will become more of a team that will actually create chances in general play, but he's still a threat, and I think 9 to one first or last goal scorer is perfectly fair.
0: Yeah, well, it was funny with Duffy, Gav, wasn't it, when he scored that goal that people were kind of making the joke, oh, the more things change and so on. But like, it has been a hallmark of Kenny teams to be strong from set pieces. Just because he likes to pass the ball around doesn't mean that we should lose any of that threat with our, our big man there in the air. Going to get a yeah. prediction off you before we uh, round off with Dundalk. What are you thinking this
2: week? Uh, Well, I think Ireland will win. Uh, Do I think Ireland will win? I think I need to believe that Ireland can win to get us through. (laughs) Slightly slightly uh, different, to be fair. The the eternal grimness that's around us. But uh, I think it'll be 1 1 uh, in full time and we'll win 2 1 in extra time.
1: Yeah, 1 all. It's 3 1 a draw on both teams to score. Yeah, it it just looks very very possible we we do major in draws as well like valiant <laughs> draws crap draws just
3: draws we draw <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm raging I was trying to find the market for like over and under on square passes because I think that's what's <laughs> so I can't, that could actually be a, a big one like in terms of in terms of the score I think I think it's going to yeah I don't know I think I think Slovakia will win I think they'll probably win 2-1 um, oh, Jesus Dave yeah I no, know, I know, but like I don't know, yeah. Just I don't know. Maybe, maybe just like a lot of the Ireland players, i have just been, just. I'm, I'm still, still scared by the past. That's what Kenny has to get rid of. Kenny has to just kind of get rid of some of the scars I know. Yeah. Well, it is. It is Monday morning, and the country and the verge are lockdown, So yeah. Um. But um. But I found it, I I think I'm excited. I'm excited to see how Aaron Connolly and David could possibly could possibly link up, and that's why even on the bet, I was looking at was Arlen Connolly to score any time, was like sixteenth foot. I think I think just the prospect of McAlgrick, just his cleverness and his ability to take passes, rather than just long balls, I think his ability to kind of tread stuff through for, for someone like Connolly could could actually be a good way for Ireland to, to score too if uh, if possible. But I just think I just yeah, I just think Slovakia would just edge it too
0: Right, well, we'll end that segment on the most sombre of notes. I, I thought it could depend on you, Dave, with some green-eyed optimism, but uh, maybe we can be a little bit more cheerful chatting about Dundalk, particularly in light of the fact that they drew Arsenal, Dave. Uh, starting with yourself, just like, I don't know, what was your reaction to that draw? I, I guess, on the one hand, for most League of Ireland fans who want to see Dundalk do well in the competition now that they're there, you um, want them to have a... actually if he's done, oh, Point through the group, they weren't a million miles off uh, a few years ago. At the same time, though, you want to see them have these massive games. And there's a, maybe a little bit of a mixture of both in this in this group. They are up against it, naturally, enough. But um, mm. it, it could be the perfect group, in a way, where you have this marquee fixture in a couple of games where you could look at potentially taking a scalp if you're on song.
3: Is that to me? Sorry, is that to me?
0: Sorry, that's to you, Dave, yeah.
3: Sorry, yeah. My um, me, me first, me first reaction when the draw was made... And- it was Arsenal and Dundalk I was thinking yes, going to get to see Gunnarsars in the flesh and now that's just been real. Mm. <laughs> Gone.
0: I like, thoughts are with him yeah, or her. How are you but, more but,
3: negative
2: than me this morning Dave? This I know. is unbelievable. No,
3: you know, well, you talk, this is Jason's now made, made even more negative is coming. Oh, my, that was my first reaction as well, I was thinking this is actually a great draw for Dundalk you've got a bit of glamour there with Arsenal and then you've got a couple of games against say like some mold rock, the you end know, who. But then you look at it, and you're sort of thinking, it's gonna be very, it's gonna be very tough. Like if Dundalk can get a couple of draws out of these games, they're gonna be doing well. Like that's, I think that is the best that they can just hope for in the sense that, like in 2016, it was a case of it was just an amazing achievement on the back of qualifying because of obviously just how he did it, like the, the way he even true quali- like qualifiers and obviously like the, the game, the three nil in Italy, way against, Bathay, uh, wasn't it, Mate. Mm. Yeah, um, yeah but it was, a yeah. few years ago, but you're just like, that felt like a team with Kenny, obviously with Stephen Kenya's manager, you're thinking this is something special, like they had very quickly, he'd very quickly built a team that was just really, really impressive and a great sort of play, whereas with, with Dundalk this year, like it doesn't just quite feel the same. Obviously, it's a great achievement, like there's a, still a lot of players there who set the same faces, but it doesn't have that same sense of this is a team who have been building like towards this? They've almost like stumbled their way in, really. And it's—I don't know. I just—I hope this is what this is a level as well where you're thinking the manager, but the manager's coming in like obviously Lippo Giovanni, and he steady the ship a little bit in terms of the, like, I think, a lot of people were expecting justice to be an absolute disaster, like, and clearly it hasn't. these got fellas on board, but you're now in the group stages of the Open League. And, it's just how is he gonna how is this gonna go? It's it could be an absolute disaster or it could be amazing again. But it's that but that's I don't think it's gonna go I don't, I don't think there will be a middle ground with this, which is which is sad in terms of how it's be a hope for those some of those from players who are there that they can find rediscover some of their best form. I think maybe the nature of it maybe it'll bring a bit of hopefully bring, see them see them rise to the occasion a little bit, but I, I, I just think they can get a couple of draws if they can nick a win. chase I'm mean, force that fourth game. Maybe having a home could, could help it, and give it would help. But yeah, it's going to be very tough. It's going to be very very difficult. Mm. Hasn't it? Doesn't feel the same. I don't know. Maybe it's just because you've got an American investment firm in there running the show. It just doesn't feel the same as 2016. I, I don't have that same sense of romanticism about it of, of what i yeah. a few years. Ago. Yeah,
0: I mean it, it's not the same either, Johnny.
3: Like it,
0: it's different in nearly every way, isn't it? Like even if you look at Dundalk as it stands, they're six in the Premier, uh, Premier Division table. Uh, like, they're struggling to get back into Europe next year. You know what I mean? So, like, it, it is, it does feel manifestly different to that team under Kenny, which at the time felt like one of the best teams the league had produced in in many years, if not ever, in the modern era. So, um, as Dave says, like, they've, like, they did well to get it. Like, it's an unbelievable achievement. You're talking about, like, Kenny earlier, with, with getting Ireland into the Euros being an unbelievable achievement. Like, probably not. But, like, with this Dundalk team, any League of Ireland team getting into the group stages of European competition, it is it is a great achievement. And yes, you're kind of looking at them probably through a completely different lens to the way we would have been looking at that Dundalk team who beat Bave and Drew with that Z and uh, whoever else. So like, it feels like the odds are, are completely stacked against them here probably. And that just being as as kind of annoying as it seems, just being there is the achievement. Like that to expect too much would be maybe a bit naive this time around.
1: Oh, yeah, totally. Like, you know, anything I say about Dundalk now, Dundalk fans just seem to jump in it as if I don't like the club. And, like, I, I loved what Dundalk have done. But, would, but what exactly what Dave said would have loved the Dundalk of 2016 as a completely different entity to the 2020 version. The 2016 team, it's basically, you know, a couple of mates in Dundalk had plucked that team from obscurity, gone up to Donegal to get Stephen Kenny, who was himself in obscurity at the time, to take over a team of has-beens and a bunch of players that had basically kind of somewhere flirting with leaving the game altogether and within a few years they went, remember, they went Dane Massey's header against Zenit in Tala. If he scores that, they probably win that game. They're top of the group after three games. A seriously good group as well in terms of the the rankings of those teams. And I, you know, I went to those games and absolutely loved it. The you know, you were having pints with the lads who effectively owned the club, who themselves have kind of just landed on this massive windfall, and it was great. Effectively, this season's um qualification is effectively plugging the financial hole that Peak Six has gotten itself into through a lot of misfortune, admittedly. But it's basically covering the losses of 2019 and 2020 financially in the region of 3 million. Apart from that, you know, there, there isn't a lot of romanticism about it, apart from the fact that the players have achieved something that is still very difficult to achieve. I think Dundalk have been essentially at very best, at the very, very best, they've been bang average in Europe this year. And I'd argue they've actually been pretty poor. I thought... Sheriff were really really poor compared to what they should have been the Andorran team were basically a Leinster senior league side or glorified glorified senior league side they were no good and the Faroese team as Pat Hoban said during the week they've got to be beating them they've got to be beating the Andorran team but Pat Hoban said a very interesting thing as well it was on off the ball he said uh, I don't really think the Aviva stadium suits us and that's going to be a massive problem for them in the groups where they have teams that can expo- exploit the, the, the wide spaces. Um, Dundalk are miles off where they were. They're, like, you only need to look at their league form, right? So they lost against Sligo. At the, they, they conceded three goals in Sligo. They should have lost against Waterford. That was during Vinnie's reign. Since Gianvagnoli has come in, um, they drew nil all against Harps yesterday at home. And that was a he made he made a re- big gamble there in resting a lot of players. so I didn't think he really needed to. Um, did obviously, um, you know, their league form has been okay. They conceded two at home to shells, who've, who've who look like they're in relegation trouble. I think Dundalk are miles off where they were in 2016. So the 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 thing is, can they kind of? bridge the gap mentally because I thought against Harps there were some signs particularly defensively that they were getting there a bit more and they didn't create many chances at home to Harps they've had lots of um midfield kind of changes this and that and they've had massive managerial problems the dressing room was clearly half lost or lost under Vinnie Perth they have a guy come in now who's basically a lot to prove and personally I think the group stages on 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 their current form would be something of a potential absolute bloodbath. Like I could see Arsenal hockey in them, and um, Vienna could beat them comfortably, Malda could beat them comfortably. There's nothing in their form this season that suggests they're not really vulnerable. They're 33 to 1 with Hills to win the group. They should be 33 million to 1, admittedly. But it, I, I would fear for them. I'd fear for them big time. They don't have uh, any crowd at home. Arsenal are obviously miles ahead. If Shamrock Rovers were in this group, I think I'd be confident they could get four or five points, maybe. They've already beaten opposition, Norwegian opposition in Bran. Malden would be at least somewhat beatable, but this—the way Dundalk are playing at the moment—and this includes on European form—this is a potential bloodbath for them. And and they, whether they like it or not, that that's how it is. And I just hope it isn't. And they have the players. They still have the players to get a lot closer, but they're not playing well. And anyone who thinks they are playing well doesn't know anything about football, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs>
0: So, Gav, I presume you'll tell me they're not playing well as well. Uh, mm-hmm. what, 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 what do you make of, of this group stage for them? Like, uh, bloodbath, as Johnny says, is, is I don't know, two point, a couple of draws, potentially one win, uh, a mammoth success in the context of this,
2: or...? Yeah, I think it is. So, I mean, what, Stephen Kenny's team got four points, wasn't it, in the, mm. in 2016, like Shivanioli. I think he said it with a glint of a smile that the target is to get five. I think they'll get zero, to be honest. Um I don't want to be disrespectful because regardless of the opposition, it's a good achievement. It's a very good achievement for the league of Ireland side to win three European games on the spin in consecutive weeks with two of them away from home. Now look, they got a good draw. That's partly, they earned that partly by going the champions route by winning the league last season, but they did benefit from a good draw, like to beat the champions of Andorra, Moldova and the Faroe Islands to get to the Europa League group stages is a kind of, is an, is an easier path to riches than I think any league of Ireland club could could have even asked for, and never mind have had in the past. It's still an achievement to go and beat what's in front of them. I mean, I'm I I'm of an age where I can remember Longford Town imploding against Carmarthen Town, uh, and that's something that I'm obviously struggling to get over. Uh, but I think, I look, I think they'll be doing very well to get a point in the group. And the group, the draw wasn't bad for them. Like they get Arsenal for a bit of glamour uh, and plenty of attention, and you know that that'll be a great thing for the players. Uh, Perhaps not in the moment, but definitely after they retire to look back on it, and you know Rapid Vienna are were ranked the weakest team in Pot Two. Mulder were the second weakest team in Pot Three, but Dundalk unfortunately are, are by a distance the weakest team in Pot Four. So I'm charmed. I am charmed by the story more than Johnny is. I'm charmed by the Giovannioli story, <laughs> just because the guy is in the Europa League group stages having not managed an adult team before. Like it is completely berserk even by 2020 standards, but. Uh, without being disrespectful to the squad, I think that they have benefited from a large slice of fortune to get here. And I think they'll be doing pretty well to uh, to to land themselves with anything other than six defeats. On, the, on that,
1: I think Zenith and Alkmaar, when they were in their pots, I think they were first and second, if I remember. dock had a much much more difficult group. And I wasn't actually aware how low they were in the pots, Gavin, which, which certainly creates an interesting situation for Arsenal who couldn't have really gotten a weaker group by the sounds of it but just just the one thing that the the the, the, the crumb of hope Giovagnoli has gotten the players smiling again which they weren't and secondly if you put out Dundalk's best team or something close to it it's still more than capable of getting a result in that group to me they're just not playing like a team that is capable of getting a result in that group
3: one, I think one thing yeah, you can look at in terms of the group is there's actually there's players there like a good batch of them there just, just call out like Gary Rodgers Sean Gannon Andy Boyle Brian Gart Matthew, Chris Shields, John Mountney, obviously Patrick McIlheny, David McMillan, who won't start, who all were involved in 2016. So you even you add in Mickey Duffy in there as well, um, who obviously came out in terms of his experience in the last in the last few years. You, you've got that. Like, it's not as if they've they've I, I always had these stumble there just in terms of just their form. Like, they, they were very lucky against KOA. Thought Like KOA even came back and actually looked pretty impressive against, and they could have easily nicked a couple of goals. Like even just before even just before um, Daniel Kelly got that tour goal in the Viva, the like, Ferdos, they missed a great chance when it was pulled back. They could have easily had got back into the game. But like that's one thing that I think, for as much as they haven't played well, they have got so much experience. They've got experience in that team of playing in the group stages already. And you would hope that will stand to them. So like, they're not, I would hope, going to just capitulate against, say, a Mold or a Rapid Vienna. I think, I think those teams do especially maybe Vienna I think Mola could be the team who are on a similar part to them and uh, well in terms of quality wise like, obviously the Arsenal game you just you're just hoping something can they can just nick something if they can't like I don't know like that, they're on a totally a completely different level like that's a club that they'll be looking at they'll be thinking we shouldn't even be in the Europa League you know so but um, like um, it was one of the things like in 2016 literally went to every game travelled and so some some of the moments like Patrick Patrick McIlhinney hit the bar against uh, Zenit moments like this and you, you're kind of stuff that was coming back to me over the last while just after that and there's so many times where you saw those players had the quality to do things and there's players in that Dundalk team who have quality to hurt to hurt some of these opponents. It's just whether or not Steven can actually get get them confident, get them playing. You think maybe because it is a completely different competition to the league and obviously the fact that they can't win the league, some of their motivation and probably has gone, that maybe in the Europa League this this will just bring bring something extra, bring something extra out of that group of players, because it's a group of players who shouldn't be, as Johnny said, shouldn't be discounted. They just haven't been playing well. And if they can somehow they can get off of that four in that first game, if they can get off in a good start somehow and get something there, that could that could be the catalyst for a decent campaign.
1: I think the Pats game, Gavin, is going to be fascinating. Friday, they're they're playing a team that's definitely in form at the moment. Stephen O'Donnell knows them very well. They'll basically have their best team out or very close to it. I think that'll be much more telling in terms of where Dundalk are than than a lot of recent games. I'm, I'm fascinated to see how that goes. Where's the
0: value for money then in in this uh, group, Johnny? Uh, if you've had a chance to look at that, like are we looking at Dundalk losing their games to make ourselves feel a small bit better? Uh, in terms of putting a
1: bet on it, or or yeah, I I I that definitely wouldn't be a bet that would appeal to me because I'd be cheering them on, and um I I get massive kick out of. Irish teams playing in Europe Um, you know the Dundalk okay the Dundalk model is not it's not as romantic as if Bowes were there as even if Shamrock Rovers were there or or, or Derry City this season you know it, it it is what it is at this stage they've they've been there they've had plenty of money and all that but like the group is basically 1 to 10 Arsenal 8 to 1 Rapid Vienna 20 to 1 Malda 30 to 3 to 1 Dundalk I just uh, probably look elsewhere for that um, and and Maybe keep an eye on Hill's prices for the Pats Dundalk game at the weekend. I think I think that'll be interesting. I think Pats are going to give them a very big game on recent form. But uh, like I'm I'm praying that, that Dundalk squad, I don't think you'll meet a better bunch of lads. And whatever it yeah. is, what happened during the Vinnie party era, I don't know. But there was obviously something wrong. I thought the Selye game, like I thought Selye were there for the taking and they lost 3-0. And it was just symptomatic of where they were at the time. If they're going to lose 3-0 in a game like that, you'd fear for them in the group. But hopefully they'll have improved with
0: Well, Johnny, Gav and Dave, thanks a million for your time, Jess. We'll do it again soon, no doubt about it. Uh, Thanks to everybody as well for tuning in. You've been watching The Punt, which is brought to you by The 42 and William Hill. Please gamble gamble responsibly. And for more information, visit DonLouis.net. So until next time, mind yourselves and take it easy.